Praise the Lord. We'll let the kids go to Children's Church with Grandma Cheryl. I can say that and not get in trouble anymore. Lord. So there, there once uh, was this little girl that loved to tell stories. She loved to tell stories and to dream of things that were outside of her, what she saw as her drab, uh, mundane life. And she would enlist her, her siblings to, to come along with her on those journeys and, and to, uh, to act them out and so that they could together escape the drudgery of everyday life. And then one magical night, they met someone She met a boy who told her that there was this incredible place where you could do things that you can't do here. And that was just an amazing place. In fact, it was a place where you never got old. Does anyone see where I'm going? It was a place where whimsy was real and and amazing things happened. But see... This little girl was stuck in Britain. And we all know what Britain's like. It's gray and rainy, right? You know. So how did she get there? How 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 she wondered she asked him, How how do we get there? And well, no worries, because he had a very simple a very simple answer, some simple directions, and he said this powerful statement second star to the right and straight on till morning. Anyone know what I'm talking about? There you go, Peter Pan. So how would you describe your life? You ever felt like your life's kind of just, you know, sometimes does it seem like the weather outside recently? Cold, maybe a little dreary, a little rainy. You ever, uh, would you describe your life that right now you're working so that someday you won't have to work anymore? Does that ever describe your life? Or, or is there anyone here that kind of feels stuck? You ever feel stuck? Just sort of stuck where you are? Or, um, maybe maybe you, 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 you dream of accomplishing things and you really desire to accomplish something that's outside of you know, or maybe maybe you could even disguise something. You could just you dream of of accomplishing something great, but you just can't seem to figure out how to get there. And I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you over the next couple of of days, and actually, I've been spending some time thinking about what I want to share uh, for a, a, a fairly uh, long ways into the distance uh, for this year, but. What did I want to talk about in the beginning of this year and and really what sort of continually came back to my mind is that we need to rediscover our purpose. We need to rediscover our purpose. And feeling like you're stuck or that you're simply working so that someday you won't have to work anymore or that, that feeling that yeah, I would really like to accomplish something great, but I just, I just don't have any idea how to go about doing that. I don't know how to get to that, that magical place. I don't think that that is God's intention for any of us to have 
those, uh, to experience those feelings when it comes to considering life here on earth. John chapter 15 verse 9, Jesus says this, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love, you keep my commandments. You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Earlier on in the same, in John's gospel, he, John records the words of Jesus, and he said, he says this, I have come that they may have, the thief come, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. God desires for us, for our lives here on earth, to be filled with something that really can only be described as abundant. As abundant. And, and feeling stuck is not feeling, is not feeling abundant. It's not, that's, feeling stuck is not a feeling of joy. It's not a joyful feeling. Or even having that feeling that, you know, I believe that God has called me to do something great with my life, to accomplish something great. I want to make a difference. And yet I just can't figure out how to get there. Those are, that's not where God desires for us to be. I was thinking of the words that Jeremiah confidently proclaimed to people who were still yet in slavery. Hear this. See, Jeremiah, when the words that I'm going to read to Jeremiah, and we all know where I'm going to read from. You know the passage. You have to remember that Jeremiah wasn't there anymore, but the people he was writing to, that he was sending these words to were. They were still in Babylon. They were still in captivity. Jeremiah was back in Jerusalem, but the people that Jeremiah was writing to were still in Babylon. And he said, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. And he's talking about Jerusalem. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from, cap from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. When Jeremiah wrote that letter to the people, to the children of Israel who are still in Babylon, he was writing to a people who still couldn't see outside of the confining walls of their existence. Jeremiah wanted to remind them that God still had a purpose for them to accomplish. God was so far from being done with them. I just finished sharing with you two weeks ago that 2017 is over, but your life isn't. God still has a purpose for you. He's not done with you. No matter where you find yourself in life, God is not done with you. <clears throat> Joel Olstein's been praised and ridiculed both for his book, that he titled Your Best Life Now. And, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not really a fan of, of Joel Osteen's teaching or theology or sometimes what appears to me to be lack of theology, but 
I believe there's truth in that statement, although I think you can, you should, it would be better phrased, God's best life for you now. There is a best life for you. It's the one that God has for you. It's wrapped up in experiencing and fulfilling God's purpose for you. Psalm chapter 37 verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, I think, is a power, Paul makes a powerful statement to the, to the Ephesian church and those around it. It says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, the, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he made us, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. God has a purpose for us that he actually considered and, and thought of before the foundation of the world. Now sometimes that's really kind of hard for us to fathom because once again, we all have a very limited frame of reference. I have sometimes trouble thinking about the things I thought of the day before yesterday. To, con to really fathom what it means for God to have considered me before the foundation of the world and decided that he wanted me to be his child before the foundation of the world, before, before he started scooping up something from nothing to make this ball we called earth. He actually was already considering me. You know, my dad used to, my dad used to have this little saying, you know, he said, well, that was before you were even a twinkle in your mother's eye. The reality is this, is that we have always been a twinkle in God's eye. Before the foundations of the world, God was already thinking about your life. Have you ever had great plans? Have you ever had great plans for something? It's exciting, isn't it? A couple days ago, we thought we had a trip to Florida planned. I was excited. Those were great plans. They fell apart. What a bummer. God had plans for you. He had a purpose for you before the foundation of the world. That's exactly what he, was, what he was speaking through Jeremiah to the children of Israel who were still in Babylon in captivity. Yeah, your lives right now, you, you can't see out of the confines of your captivity, but I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. If only you knew the thoughts that I have towards you. See, God doesn't desire for us to feel stuck. He doesn't want us to believe that I'm just working so that one day I won't have to work anymore. There is purpose in everything you do. There's meant to be purpose in everything you do. See, finding God's purpose for your life is one of the most crucial things, the most critical things you need to do. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says this, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. See, finding God's purpose in your life is so critical because it'll keep you out of the ditch. 
That's exactly what I believe the, the writer of Proverbs is saying when he said there's no prophetic vision that people cast off restraint. You find someone who disregards God's purpose for their lives and you'll find someone whose life becomes a train wreck. See, when we, when we lose sight of God's purpose in our lives, we cast off restraint. I don't know if you've ever know if you've ever from kind of from a di- distance witness uh, you know particularly happens with with kids with small children they start playing and having fun and they're just they're just having a really good time and you look from a distance and you say to yourself this is not going to end well because you see them begin to cast off restraint and things start getting get wild and wilder and that's when that old cliche comes in it's all fun until somebody loses an eye I used to laugh at that until my my buddy Donovan his nephew lost an eye why they were playing I don't remember it was something they were playing he and a buddy were playing a game that involved throwing a rake like a garden rake like a spear at each other and they thought it was really fun until Christian lost his eye when today he has one eye in one's glass see when the people when we lose sight of God's purpose pretty soon we begin to cast off restraint and when that's what in fact Mike talked about it this morning in Sunday school. He said, you know, the things that, we're go- that are going on that we see now, they're not new. Any time throughout the history of mankind that people have lost sight of God's purpose for their lives, they begin to cast off restraint and things don't end well. See, finding God's purpose because it will keep you out of the ditch. Finding God's purpose is critical because it keeps you moving forward. We just, as human nature, is to park. We get to a certain point and think, ah, that's pretty good. I'm happy with this. I'm good with this. It's fine. My wife and I have a difference of opinion often with when it comes to the state of cleanliness of the house. You know, I can clean the kitchen... And I get to a certain point, I think, this is pretty good. And then she walks in and she says, are you going to clean the kitchen? I thought it was already done. We have a difference of opinion. See, we have a human tendency is to park. Human tendency to park. We talked about that, how when Jesus took his, his, uh, the inner circle, the guys in the inner circle up on the side of the mountain and he and he showed, him, showed them his glory. You remember what, the, what, the, what our good buddy said. It's good to be here. I think we should just hang out right here. And that wasn't Jesus' point in showing, him his, their, showing them his glory at all. He wanted them to, be, to have a true uh, a glimpse into who he was. Because they were going to need it. There was a time coming when they were going to need to really know who he was. And yet Peter says, hey, let's just hang out here for a while. It's a good place. I like it. We need to discover God's purpose and become, make sure that we continually make ourselves aware of it because we have a tendency to park. God's purpose is never finished. 
there is always another soul yet to be saved. And when we sometimes we look at people like Billy Graham and, and Mother Teresa and many, many, uh, countless others, and we look at them with awe and say, how do they do it? Well, I believe it's a simple thing that they understand there's always another soul that needs to be saved. And I've told you many times that supposedly someone asked Mother Teresa how she became who she was and did all the incredible work that she did. And she said, I stopped to help the first child. And then she helped the next child. And then the next child keeps us moving forward. Finding God's purpose for our lives keeps us moving forward. And the, there's little motivation as powerful as the knowledge of an unfinished job. How have you ever found yourself late at night, but you are so close that you keep going? It's that awareness of an unfinished job that keeps pushing you forward. Knowing and remembering and having an understanding of God's purpose helps us to do that. One of the things we have to be careful of, though, is that sometimes I wonder, as Christians, if we really believe that God has a purpose for our lives. You see, some of us believe that God's primary purpose for our lives was to forgive us. And that's a mistaken impression. That was certainly a part of his plan for us. But his purpose for our lives, Jesus outlined it himself when he looked at the disciples and said, you know, there's a day coming when I'm not going to be here anymore. And right now, while I'm here, I'm lighting this place up. But when I leave, guess who carries the light? It's you. It's you. I'd ask you this morning, do you really believe that God has a purpose for your life? There's so much more for us to accomplish for him. We need to be careful because when we begin to consider that there are a lot of good things to do. You ever, you ever had that problem? There's a lot of good things to do, but here's the reality. There's only one best thing. Think about that. There's lots of good things that you could do. There's lots of good things. But there's really only one best thing. Psalm 18 verse 30 says this, As for God, his way is perfect and complete. I added that second piece in there. That's the, that's the word perfect. When we see it translated in the, in the English perfect, there's a, it, can also, it carries with it the sense of completeness. The word of the Lord is proven. He's a shield to all who trust in him. Psalm chapter 37, verse 30 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring your, forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. There's one best Thing. There's lots of good things, but there's one best. It's kind of by the way you ever think about it. You know, we right in today's society, it's it's people look down on you when you do anything that they see as being exclusionary. 
But the reality is this, is that while there are many good things to do in life, there's only one best. Best is by its very nature exclusive. We should commit ourselves to doing God's best. And so often we pick a good thing. Why? Because it's easier. It's just human nature. I'm not, trying, I'm not getting down on any of you. Any of you. I'm, I'm, I'm right there in that boat with you. Oftentimes we choose, we pick something we know is good, but it's also easy. And oftentimes the best things are difficult and hard. So finding God's purpose is crucial. There's lots of good things to do and to accomplish for God, but there's really the one best thing. And the reality is this, is that some of the things that appear good to us are actually death traps. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 reminds us that there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And we look around and we see that manifested in our world all over the place. How many how many people are trapped by the by the the pull of the feel of a drug in their veins? And it seems good to them. But we know that it brings death. So many things in our lives we have to be very careful of. We need to find God's purpose. Where there are many good things, there are some that appear good but will lead only to death. So how do you do that? See, Wendy, when Peter Pan showed up and told her that magical place, Never Never Land, to a certain extent, I know sometimes many Christians feel that way about this whole topic of God's will or God's purpose in their lives. That It's like it seems like this magical place And then the pastor stands up and he gives them Peter Pan's instructions to find God's will and purpose in your life. Yeah, you pick the second star from the right and you go straight on till morning. And it seems to have about the same amount of solidity, I don't know how to, solidarity or whatever you want to call it. Have you ever felt that way? I want to discover God's purpose for my life. I really do desire to be in the center of God's will, but I'm struggling to find that right now. And then the preacher gets up and he says, well, you just pick the second star to the right and go straight. We're going to spend some time over the next couple of weeks with some practical things. Because here's the point. I can't find God's purpose for any one of you. I can give you my opinion. I'd be happy to do that in most cases. You love Pastor Thompson that I have come and fill in for me. He used to love to sit with me in his office and help me find God's will. Because he loved me and he wanted God's best for me. But here's the point. I can't give you God's purpose for any one of you. I prayed that Trevor would be a witness in his new job because I firmly believe that every place we go, God has a purpose for us to fulfill there, whether it be at work. And, and that's why I said I don't believe it's, it's God's desire for any one of us to feel we're working simply so that one day we don't have to work, any, work anymore. No, I believe that wherever you happen to be, there's, God has a purpose for you to fulfill there. And God's purposes are so far beyond just not having to work again.
anymore. But it can seem so nebulous at times. What is God's purpose? I mean, think about it. I understand in a story like Peter Pan, it makes perfect sense because they're about to fly out of the window. Second start of the right straight on till morning. But when it comes down to, to your life and finding God's purpose in your life, it can seem a little nebulous. How will I know? And I say that we're going to spend some time looking at those things. There are some practical things we can do, and none of them are new to you. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to say a bunch of stuff you've already heard. But I think you need to hear it again. I think one of the things you can start right now preparing yourself is it really begins by positioning yourself. I mean, think about it. Second star to the right. What would that mean? Which, you ever looked at the night sky? Particularly if you happen to be way up north where there's no light pollution. You know, they have more stars up there than they, we have here. Well, the reality is we know that we look at the same sky, we just can't see half the stars that they see because of light. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's just that ludicrous second star to the right. Well, which one, where do I start? It all begins by positioning yourself. The fact of the matter is, is you need to determine where you are right now. You need to determine whether or not you really even believe, at this point, believe God has a specific purpose for your life. You know, and that's, that's, that's just a practical thing. That's just something that some of we all need to consider. God has a purpose for me. A purpose. A purpose for me. He has something for me to do. I can, I, I've shared with you, and I know some of you actually read the book about um, the gentleman called, the, what was it? No, the title just ran away from me. His name was Stanley. Went over to overseas. Dying out loud. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he believed, he realized at a very young age, God had one, had something specific for him to do. And here was the crazy part. For how many years, the first how many years of his life, he wasn't exactly sure what that was he discovered towards the very end that God had actually called him to go to Turkey and to die so that other people could see, the, see God's glory. And there are countless hundreds, thousands, who saw a glimpse of God's glory through his life and his death. It all comes down to positioning yourself. And that, to a certain extent, that means determining where you are. In order to be able to determine which is the second star from the right, you've got to figure out where you are right now. And so I would ask for you to do that. Where are you right now? Do you even believe that God has a specific purpose for your life? Do you believe that God has a specific purpose for our church other than just to sit here and exist? Have a building and pay the bills. What is the purpose that God has for us as a congregation? What is the purpose for God has for each one of us as individuals? And the reality is, is that we're not going to find our corporate purpose until we find our individual purposes. God has a purpose for you. He has something for you to do. There is some task, there is something that you 
are the one that God has chosen. And the most powerful thing to consider is the fact that God picked you to do it before this world even existed. Have you ever had, you ever experienced the feeling of, you know, maybe it was your supervisor, a boss, or somebody came to you and said, hey, you know, I have this thing that needs to be done. I have this thing that needs to be done. I want you to do it. There's lots of other people here in our company that could do it, but I believe you are the one for this job. That's a good feeling, isn't it? Magnify that a million times when you consider that the God of the universe has something that he chose for you to do. That's the power of discovering God's purpose in your life. So it begins by positioning yourself, determining where you are now, and maybe you need to reorient your, your gaze a little bit. I find that's something that I frequently struggle with. And that's why I so love the movie Up. Because I so identify with Doug. Squirrel! I like shiny things. Don't you like shiny things? I guess squirrels are furry, but you know what I'm getting at. We're easily distracted. I'm easily distracted. I frequently have to reorient my gaze, and sometimes that's the first step to positioning ourselves to finding God's purpose for us is to make sure that our gaze is pointed in the right place to begin with. So I trust that over the next little bit together we'll begin to walk through that and to help each other, you and each other to find your purpose, that thing that God has called you to do. What an incredible thing. God has called you to do something. That should be exciting. That's so much better than working so that you don't have to work anymore. <laughs> 